Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. There is something you can do. You don't have to deny climate change. You don't have to deny that we're what we're doing to the planet. Yeah, the tornadoes in Mississippi, all of this huge, you know, the the catastrophic earthquake in Turkey, you know, all of these climate crises, it's sending us all a very loud and clear message. Hey, we are doing something to Mother Earth. And she's she's like she's throwing a temper tantrum right now. She's telling us, hey, y'all need to listen to me. And, you know, that's some of the things we talk about, but we do want to hone it down to that basic message that what can you do? You can do something every day, right? One little thing, and it adds up to the collective if we all do it. Hello, and welcome to episode number 28 of the New World Normal podcast. I am your host, Debbie Harrell, intentional lifestyle coach and existential doula helping my clients navigate life's transitions, big and small. On The New World Normal, I am talking with guest experts and thought leaders about questioning normal, disrupting it when necessary, and strategizing on how we can all navigate the big cultural shifts that are happening or that need to happen. Today, I'm excited to talk to the dynamic duo. I have mother and daughter team who I discovered via their podcast, The Earthy Girls. Um, Raquel is a science teacher turned florist, and mom Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. And as the Earthy Girls, they work to encourage, inform, and inspire their listeners to take small steps to shift their day-to-day choices to be more loving towards the planet, not just living in it. They frame it as an investment, not an inconvenience. And what really attracted me to their content was how they tackle tough topics with grace, understanding, and practical tips. I feel like this episode is full of um, practical tips, a lot of awareness building, and maybe a little bit of ranting by me because, I don't know, I get a little frustrated and passionate about the idea of saving our one planet. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I hope you take something away from it, and this should be coming out around Earth Day, So maybe as you're listening, you can think about what's something you can do to honor the earth during this uh, time of rebirth, this lovely springtime. Today, I'm really excited to be interviewing two people, not one, but two. They go by the Earthy Girls. It's the mom and daughter dynamic duo, Rebecca and Raquel who are helping to disrupt um, societal norms surrounding the environment. I feel like this, if there were ever a topic we could all agree on, it's the environment, right? We just have one planet to live on together. Like, how are we going to take care of it so that it can take care of us? So welcome. Thank you, Debbie, for the opportunity to speak to your community. Raquel and I are super passionate Uh, about the planet. As we like to say, there is no planet B. So uh, that's what motivates us to uh, come together weekly or mostly most weeks and do our podcast. So thanks again for the opportunity. I'm sure Raquel's super excited as well. 
Yes. Hello. Thanks for having us, Debbie. Thanks for being here. I was really excited to discover your podcast back in the fall. And I love how practical it is and how relatable you two are. And I'm curious how you got started. Like what made you decide to start a podcast about sustainability? Well, it's funny is because Raquel has been a true climate change activist with very small practical ways. And her friends were calling her and me the earthy girls because, you know, we're so earthy. I was in a class, a business class, online class during the pandemic. One of our assignments was uh, to come up with a podcast. So I just texted Raquel late at night. I said, hey, we're going to do a podcast called The Earthy Girls. What do you think? She goes, okay. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of how we started. You know, I was like, we're going to do this. We, I mean, because we both believe in it. And we were w- talking the talk, walking the walk, trying to convince our people in our sphere. And then I said, why not? Why not us? And Raquel just said, why not? I I love that um, it was kind of already identified for you. People were already calling you that. And so you just stepped into that role with more intention. Yes. And I really think Raquel, her business, she saw an extreme waste of resources. And I think that's what broke her heart. That broke my heart. And then, you know, we're doers. We're both action takers. And, you know, I want Raquel to jump in there and kind of say, you know, what it was for her you know? Well, we started a product called a product line called the earthy girls. And I'm a florist by day. And we have so many flowers left over Debbie, as you could imagine, these big Texas green, everything is bigger in Texas, including our weddings. So you could imagine all the fresh flower, those flowers that go to waste after a wedding. So I just started thinking brain, you know, using my brain getting together, what can I do with all of these extra flowers? So I said, Mom, what do you think about this idea? of making paper from old flowers. She said, I love it. Let's try it. So that's really kind of where we got this idea of calling ourselves the earthy girls, creating something from nothing. And it was beautiful. People loved it. So we started selling it really kind of to my clients, to my brides as, Hey, here's something special that we can do with your flowers after your wedding. Instead of them ending up in the landfill, we can create something beautiful for you to keep as a as a keepsake or to give to your mom or bridesmaids and they loved it and then from there we just kind of dived in with the podcast and said okay well let's really how can we make a daily change how can we make an impact in our community mom is you know we kind of term her as the earthy grandma and I'm the earthy mama on the show so I'm speaking to a younger generation of young moms I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old She has grandchildren and, you know, children in their 30s. So she's speaking to a different generation. What can we do just every day? One small little thing, Debbie, to make a difference. Amazing. I, first of all, love, love, love the idea of creating the paper from the old flowers. That's brilliant. And, and like the business side of it, like total upsell, like, hey, I can create this for you. (laughs) And and what a lovely keepsake. Like you can, I can see you can print something on it that you can frame. You can use it to write thank you notes. Like mm-hmm. lovely, lovely. Um, and I'm like, okay, I, I live on an island where lots of weddings happen. Hey, I'm going to talk to some of my wedding coordinators. Like, have you ever thought about this? Like somebody needs to get those flowers. Let's make some paper. 
And that's one I kind of alluded to the relatability of your podcast. And I feel like that is part of it. The two generations represented represented, and the um, the fact that you're both coming at it from a practical way in your day-to-day life while you're raising two small kids. So yes, it's challenging. It's always challenging. But where can you find the small tweaks? At the essence, that's the core of of what Raquel and I do. We consider ourselves conversation starters. We consider ourselves communicators with a call to action because we're like, hey, we know it's not easy to, you know, pick up litter. We know it's not easy to wash out and rinse your recycling and dry it. Hey, we know it's not easy to capture some of your, you know, rinse water and, you know, flower or or, sorry, water your flowers. But here's what we know you can do every day. There's one small thing you can do. And even if it's just with your purchasing power, choosing your choice, your choice is your superpower. You have a choice. And that's what Raquel and I want to talk about every week. And, you know, yeah, it may be kind of repetitive. Hey, what can you do for the planet each and every day? But at the end of the day, you do have that choice. You have that option. And that's what we want to get that conversation started. And and I think the repetition and then talking to other people who have the same feelings, who have the same intention, it really kind of set it kind of hones in that message. It There is something you can do. You don't have to deny climate change. You don't have to deny that we're what we're doing to the planet. Yeah, the tornadoes in Mississippi, all of this huge, you know, the, the catastrophic earthquake in Turkey, you know, all of these climate crises, it's sending us all a very loud and clear message. Hey, we are doing something to Mother Earth. And she's she's like, she's throwing a temper tantrum right now. She's telling us, hey, y'all need to listen to me. And, you know, that's some of the things we talk about, but we do want to hone it down to that basic message that what can you do? You can do something every day, right? One little thing, and it adds up to the collective. If we all do it, then it's going to, it's got, it's going to amass to something. It'll become a movement. And I feel it's a self-perpetuating the, we're, we're starting from this place where it feels kind of overwhelming, right? that we're hearing about it every day, constantly, not just the earth, but like all the issues. And so the you get stuck and you feel completely overwhelmed and I can't do anything to change any of this. So I'm just going to do nothing and go about my business. And so building that awareness and showing them, oh, but you can make these small tweaks. And then when they start to make those small tweaks, I know for me, it feels good. You feel empowered and you feel, you know, a lot of times I say, look, when you're feeling depressed, being of service, going and helping somebody feels good. Well, this is just a way of being of service to the earth and taking care of it because it takes care of us and, and it feels good and it perpetuates. And so that it makes it a little easier for you to share with somebody else like, Hey, I've tried this, this, and this, you know, what do you think about that? Do you have any, (laughs) do you have any pet peeves when it comes to I'll share mine first, maybe make it easier. (laughs) Every time you walk in the grocery store and there are those flats of the little water bottles. And every time I see somebody grab one, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, no, don't. First, it's full of plastic. So you're giving your kids all that plastic. But like, I I understand on a level, like the raising small kids, the convenience of just grab some water, grab some water because you don't want them to have juice maybe all the time or soda. But 
that I got a water dispenser in my house when my kids hit a certain age and it has made all the difference. They use the re refillable things when we're at home. We do just get nice water because our tap water isn't great. We rent, so I'm not putting in a big filtration system. But so that was my pet peeve was the water bottles. And I will also say there's a disconnect because you talk to people, you know them to be people that care about the environment and consider themselves naturalists or they like the outdoors and that you see them grabbing those things. So they're not even putting the two together that that flat of plastic is going to live forever on this earth just for the convenience of you having that little bit of water. And I know I get kind of ranty and preachy when I say it, and I've been working on trying to offer it as a gift. Here's some information, but it's really hard because I get frustrated. So are there any things that are like that for you? Help me feel better. I'm sure we have a lot. Mom, do you want to just say one thing? I'll, 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 I'll try to say one thing. Yeah, because... I will start with this because this is something that I think would, if I can give a contribution to the conversation, I would say this, check yourself, rethink, rethink. I feel like if you can rethink, you will reimagine and you will rework and you will do something different. And it has to start here with your mindset. Because some of us, not all of us, you know, some people talk about be, we're asleep, we're just going through the motions. Human beings were wired, hardwired for habits, right? Right. and I want to preach earthy habits. That's what we, that's our big thing is slow down, check yourself, rethink, and rewire some of those. Because I think if that's, if people can stop you know, they teach kids in school, stop, drop, and roll, stop, drop, and roll. So they know what to do in case of an emergency, in case, in case of catastrophic weather or something. If we just rethink what we're doing, we can rewire and then our bodies will actually do it. So that would be the one contribution I would give to the well, plant. Well, your pet peeve, I think, on, in that would be that people aren't even thinking about anything other than convenience, which goes back to what you said, Debbie. And for me, it's I do have my house built up for compost and trash and recycle and where the trash can is. My kids know left is the trash, right is recycle. And it's right there. And I've changed my, my, I've trained my three and my six year old, but you know, even they can learn to throw a water bottle. If we have one in the recycle or a little can, we have sparkling water as a treat sometimes instead of juice. And what is one of my pet peeves is when I have adults, come over to my house and I tell them recycles on the right. And then I see a beer can in the trash on the left. And I'm like, what? I, you know, I gave this spiel to everybody. It's so easy. I'm not asking you to compost when you come to my house. I'm just asking you to throw a can into the right trash can <laughs> into the recycle. It's so easy. I think for, and I know in California, I think that y'all do have a trash recycle compost. I think that that is a system I've heard which my compost is just under my sink. And for me, I have chickens. So a lot of my scraps go to them first before it even makes it to the compost. And we're, we just really try to think about mom and I constantly about our waste and how much waste we are creating. And I think for me as a child, I always had an earthy mom, you know, she always mentioned 
don't flush the toilet if it's just a little tinkle, you know, let it mellow if it's yellow. So things like that in our house. She's always been a gardener. So she's collected her rinse water. We collect rainwater to water the garden. So all of those little things, she was planting the seed in me long ago to be an earthy mama myself. But as a kid, I remember driving into our hometown even when I went to college and I would come back, I kept seeing this mountain getting larger and larger and it was our trash. It looks like a mountain in our town and it is just a mountain of trash. And I think about as being a mom now, we have plastic trash islands floating in the ocean and my kids could mistake a trash mountain for a true ge geographical mountain. And, and that stops me dead in my tracks. It makes me think about you know, what is the one small thing that I can do? And even when I was dating and I had my husband, he was courting me. He used to bring me his recycle. And my brother said, oh my gosh, most girls get flowers and your boyfriend's bringing you trash. But it, to me, he <laughs> saw me. He saw that I loved the planet and he saw that, hey man, this girl, she every Saturday, cause I lived in an apartment complex, they didn't recycle. I had to take all of my recycle to the nearest uh, it was a fire station and they recycled for free. So he traveled all week long and he would keep all of his bottles and cans from traveling in the back of his car in a trash bag. And he would bring them to me and we would go recycle together on Saturday. And guess what? We've been together 15 years. We're happily married. He gets me and he loves my little crazy antics, you know. <laughs> Being seen and heard. It's very yes. Very powerful. I, I wanted to touch on a few things that I think is the theme of stop, be mindful, and practice a little intention when you are interacting with your day-to-day -day habits that we develop a lot of times. They're what's kept us, us safe, right, in this world. And so they're ingrained in a deep, deep way. And most of us don't even realize, I, I would say, like, that's why I realize I'm being ranty about the water because I, I feel like most people aren't even really thinking about it. So asking people to stop and think and are the things that you're buying and the goals that you're setting for your daily personal life, are they aligned with the ideals you have for the world? And the mountain of trash, I've recently shared on my stories on Instagram, this video of there are these three large earth movers on this mountain, like you say, mountain of trash. And that image is, is so powerful to me. Like, I feel like people need to see this because this is what we're creating. Like this, even the recycling of the plastic, we're learning that it's really not getting recycled in a way that we were led to believe it would be. And it's just going like space-wise, oh, there's only so much room. Like, where are we going to put all this stuff? When we don't even, a lot of times, don't even need to be using it in the first place. I recently shared, was a small company that was doing soups in mason jars. It was a Canadian company. but um, And then you can send the mason jar back to the, or like take it back to the store and they would get the jars and reuse them again. I'm like, this is brilliant. Wouldn't that be great? All I did, because we have one store on the island, little one. Wouldn't it be great if our store, the deli used these instead of the plastic container soup. I can address I can address that. I actually have history with that. My grandparents had a retail food store way back. They started in 1950 and they would sell menudo. 
Um, and that was a big thing after everybody, you know, got through uh, dancing, you know, bailando dancing, and then they would go get their menudo. They would bring their their kettle or their pot. And my grandparents had a ladle and they'd fill. I remember I told my dad I, one time we were talking about, I said, dad, how did that happen that uh, people couldn't stop bringing their pots? He goes, Miha, you don't know big business. They don't want it. They want us to, they don't want us to have good, clean food. And see, my father is an earthy guy. He has always preached, you know, don't drink soda out of plastic. Don't drink so much soda. When I was having headaches, I was just like, oh my God. When I finally got off soda, I had extreme withdrawals because it was poison. He told me that's poison you're putting into your body and that aluminum has poison in it. Nihahi would tell me. So big business, Markel and I talked a little bit about this when we were having a pre-show conversation. The producers, let's just call them the mass producers. We won't name names, big business, whoever. They have got us caught in their web of convenience and not thinking. We're walking around like zombie robots, drinking water bottles, going to the store, driving around. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, Mother Earth is saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because you need to have a plastic water bottle and you need to have all these plastic bags. So back to the pet peeve. When I go to the grocery store and I see, I bring my bags and they start putting my groceries in the plastic bag and I'll go, no, I told you when we first started, I have all these bags, but they're, they're so programmed, even though I've told them and I have to tell them again, they're and the poor cashier's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I have the bags. Here's what, here's what we'll do. You just ring up. I'll bag. How's that? I try to do that as fast <laughs> as possible. Can I get myself into the bagging, you know, like run my card and then jump over there so I can set my stuff in the bag? <laughs> you see, that's that's what that's a, a great example of autopilot of us human beings in zombie like trance. We're going around. We're not listening. We're not thinking. We're not being intentional. And, you know, my huge drive is, of course, my daughter and my son and my other daughter. But I think about my grandson, is, is he going to be able to have children? Is he going to be able to have a planet for his children, my great-grandchildren? What are we leaving behind for the future generations? So for me, I don't understand why we won't have the conversation. I get it. It's difficult. It can be overwhelming. But you know what? We're all big here. We need to overcome the overwhelm, right? Well, and what about that can-do spirit? You know, we're always like, <laughs> we're number one. <laughs> and we have this challenge where we're like, oh yeah, we're not going to deal with that. Wait, what, where's the ingenuity? Where's the problem solving? Like, come on, let's do it. Let's rally behind it. Let's, you know, like, I feel like it's a cause that we can all get behind, but big, there are big people at play that are benefiting from the fact that we are on autopilot and just zombifying our purchases. Um, I was reading an article recently that there, there's going to be even more push on the plastics, you know, not to ban them because a lot of people are, are starting to recognize like maybe we should just ban these. And wouldn't it be great if people just chose not to use them? But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, with banning certain things if, if we need to get change implemented quickly. But the petroleum companies that are seeing the writing on the wall with Wait, we're moving away from fossil fuels as a fuel source. 
what are we going to do with us? Well, we need to make more plastic because the <laughs> and and they're powerful because they have a lot of money and they buy off politicians. So it does feel overwhelming. But the fact that if, if if we all start deciding we don't want those things and we stop purchasing them, if we decide, I'm reading a book right now. You you ladies might like it. I wish I had it handy. The um this one wild and precious life, and she's talking about. The, this what we're talking about environmentalism and the big problem and how it feels so big but we and they try and tell us that we any changes we make aren't going to have an impact oh it's these big companies oh it's this big country and oh it's this and this you, you know you saying you're not going to use straws isn't going to do anything but the reality is if we all stop doing it it will make a difference and that's why I feel like you talking about the bring, raising awareness and empowering people to make small tweaks in their day that are going to to feed the greater good. And you talk about um, will your grandchildren be able to have children? The the generation right now is already contemplating like, is it a good idea to bring children? Yes, we might be physically capable of it, but is it a good idea to bring children into the world the way it is right now? And it's and it's a reasonable consideration to make when you're thinking about having children it's heartbreaking but it makes sense and you know there's a podcast i want to go ahead and plug we had uh one of our earthy guys peter brewer and he uh got a group two of his very good friends and they talked about you know the dread of the slow apocalypse and that hit me hard, Debbie, because I thought that's something that, you know, my children's generation is living with. Now, Raquel is a can-do girl. She's an optimist. She's a sunny side up. She's a, by golly, I'm going to do something. But there's a lot of people in that generation that are like, okay, if I give up my straw, if I have a reusable water bottle, so what? And and you think about that, that that, is, that can be a crushing anvil that can almost a paralysis of the analysis, if you will, you know, you start analyzing, you start thinking, oh, we can't fight this company. We can't do this. We can't do that. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to watch Netflix until I pass out, you know, and I get that. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Netflix is a great medicator. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I think, um, I think that when you talk about breaking the norms, I think the norm for us, and especially my, you know, being a young mom is convenient. So whatever is convenient to grab the, you know, off the pallet, the, the 24 pack of mini water bottles, they're not even the large ones or the mini ones. That's even more plastic. I think it's convenience. I think we're just kind of going. And especially if you have young kids or if you have high school kids, or even if you have kids in college, whatever it is, you are pulled a million different ways throughout your day, but to stop, and to think, how are my actions going to make this place a better place, right? I love this planet. I love Mother Earth. And if we take care of her, like you said, Debbie, she's going to take care of us. And it's just to stop, to think. And for me, you know, sometimes it is a chore to wash my recycle before, you know, rinse it and dry it. But I've kind of made it a part of my routine, just like mom makes it a part of her routine to you know, every time she washes a dish, she collects that water and she's got a beautiful garden and she has a very low water bill because she's recycling that water. It's for me on a really busy wedding week. I am overwhelmed with all of these boxes in my shop. I stop 
I put on some music and we make a game of it and we're who can break down the most boxes and we take those off to recycle. You know, it's just small little steps every day that I think for me, I see the doom and I think there are a lot of people in my generation, like some of our, we have, we call them earthy friends. So we have them onto the podcast and we like to hear what other people are doing in their lives. We have a lot of friends that have solar hookups and they're getting free electricity from the sun. Or we have, you know, families who are starting their own little gardens and teaching their children those ways. So I think it really is, you know, stopping and thinking and rethinking. How can I, what are my steps that are going to be every single day to make a little bitty change? And you may feel like your small steps aren't doing anything, but collectively as a whole, if we are, it will. And yes, if we stop buying the plastics, the companies will listen because they'll have to do something else. And I go to the stores and you've got your one store on the island that you may not have a lot of options there. Um, so you may have to plan ahead a little bit, right, Debbie? But for a lot of us, we do have options we do have purchasing power. And I think to just stop, to think about it and to just make small changes. Yes, the norm is convenience, but we have to break away from that. Yeah. And I like your, uh, I like your podcast, Debbie, where you talk about disrupting and what's the new normal. So what's the new normal look for us? What's the new norm? What's the new normal going to look for mother earth? Let's just fast forward to, let's just say, I don't know, 20 years. Where are we going to be in 20 years? Well, I know after seeing that image on Instagram with the pile of trash, the mountain of trash, literally three earth movers. And I know I have a unique situation because where I live, we're an island, so we're contained and our landfill is filling up. And all of a sudden there's a little bit more of a panic, like, oh, what are we going to do with all this? Like, <laughs> shouldn't we have been thinking about it a little sooner? I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it, and it's the one store but when i do go in the store i try and look if i have the option between two products one of them is heavily packaged in plastic and one of them is not i would go with the not plastic one if i find a a mayonnaise or some other spread that's in a glass bottle versus a plastic bottle i'm i'm always trend trying to trend to the glass instead of the plastic so there is choice and I think it it falls into that that awareness, the stopping, the stopping the habitual behavior, the bringing awareness, and then the. I know for me, I call it radical intention, which sounds a little like, I don't know, a bit much, but I feel like the times call for something a little more radical, and so when I decided to rebuild my life in 2020. I've started filtering everything through my intention, those goals of my personal goals and the goals I have for the type of world I want to live in. And, and that overwhelm, overwhelm slowly started to turn to feeling more empowered and like feeling better about myself and how I'm showing up in the world. And I feel like if everyone takes the time to do that, then they get to feel a little bit of that. And it is going to spread more of that good. And I know it sounds so naive, but those ripples... And that collective power is, it does feel good. And I, it, it, it has to have a positive impact. I can't imagine that's going to have a negative impact. No. And Raquel was saying something uh, earlier. She said to me, she goes, mom, it I feel good when I do good. I feel good when I do good. And that's an easy, cause you know, we are addicted to instant gratification to the convenience 
So that's an easy, that's an easy thing right there. Do something good, feel good, you know, fight the overwhelm, overcome the overwhelm, you know, stop the, you know, paralysis of the analysis, stop all of that and just do something. <laughs> and, and that's, that's why I was talking about like the environment. I feel like that's an issue we can all get behind. Like, so what is the one thing that you can do today for the environment that's not going to, you know, be hard or difficult. It's just going to be a little shift in your, in your habit. You're going to find something and it's going to feel good. I love that. I do good. Makes me feel good. Cause that's, that's true. I feel like that needs to be up on my wall. Yeah. That's going to be our new earthy girl poster, but it is for me. And I think I want to encourage and inspire. And just like, I think Alice said on your last show, you don't know what you don't know, but when you know that is knowledge and knowledge is power. And it is so empowering when you can say, I am making a difference. I am doing something that is going to have a lasting effect on this planet. And it is going to create a ripple effect. You know, mom is an earthy mom. So she's created earthy children and I'm going to create earthy children. And then my friends or my, my kids stop to say something to their friends and it may disrupt their norm a little bit too, you know, and then now they've got an earthy friend. And it's just, we talk about planting the seeds and just, you're constantly, when you're an earthy mom, you're planting these little seeds for your kids and they're constantly watching you. So even as something, as I saw my son littering and he said, I said, why are you littering? He said, oh, I saw my friend throw trash on the ground. I said, well, we don't do that. Next time you see that, Go to your friend and y'all pick up extra trash on the playground and take that to the trash can. And so that's just a little seed that's been planted and a little ripple effect that's just going to get larger and larger. And as a collective, as a whole, I am optimist. I do see I do see change happening right in front of us. And so I know some people want to say I can't make a difference, but I don't believe that. I, I believe that we can. I believe so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Not every day, but most days. Yes. And I was watching something. What is it? It's about reprogramming our reticulating. It's the the part of your brain that's right back here. And it finds the evidence for what you believe is true, right? Yeah. Our, our mammalian brain. Yeah. That's our mammalian brain that, uh, but we have this, we have the frontal, the frontal cortex. The yes. Frontal, yes. So it, it challenging it when you're feeling that overwhelm and like, I can't do any good and it's all doom and gloom, challenging yourself to find evidence of the opposite. Where do I see good happening? And I know for me, it was a lot of shifting in the way I'm using social media to make sure I'm following not just doom and gloom <laughs> accounts, but like the good news, good news account, which is always so heartwarming and, and reminding you that there's the good and having this podcast connecting with other people who are out there wanting to do good things in the world has been super cathartic for me. Um, what are some of the good things that you see your um, listeners shifting? Do, do you get feedback from them? Or are they like, Hey, I tried this and this is what happened or like, we, we do, we, we, our very first review was from a woman in Canada and I was she said the same thing. She said, we're a must listen because we keep it light. And for the most part, we do. There are moments when the news is not good, but the way we want to view things through our lens is positive, affirming, life affirming. You know, Raquel and I talk a lot about self-love, love for our community, love for the planet, the ripple effect that everybody says, oh, that doesn't work. 
But we have gotten feedback from people. And I've had several people reach out to me and say, we love you and Raquel, we love you. Uh, and we love what you're talking about. And and I do some of the same things. There's people out there, they're like, you know, we had a guest on, she makes her own gray water filtration system, for God's sakes. I mean, she's out there trying to save streams and creeks and ponds from all the runoff that, you know, from all the trash that are in our gutters that flow out to all of our waterways that eventually end up in the ocean where a large part of our food lives. So we have people in our community that are like Peter. He's got his own solar system. He's building his own wind farm. He has an EV. He's total vegan. So yes, we do get feedback from our listeners and, you know, we gained five different countries, Debbie. So we've got 26 countries that listen to us. So somebody somewhere out there, I don't know who they are, but they're an earthy girl or an earthy guy and they're rocking it, man. They are. So yes. That's awesome. I love those people. I love to hear you're getting that reach because this message is important and it's needed all over the world, right? It is. It's the one earth. So. I think so too. And I think, you know, I've always been known among my friends as the earthy friend. And even in my business and my company, like you said, you have to make sure that your actions are aligning with your intentions. And if they're not to stop and find the disconnect and take some time to rebalance. And I think that I'm happier in my career and my job when I am being kinder to the planet and I'm not being so wasteful and I can suggest things to my clients. Well, why don't we repurpose this or why don't we do potted plants? And then after your wedding, you can pop those in your new house together, your new garden. And people love that. And if it wasn't for me, planting that seed, it may not happen in their life. It may not come from, you know, anybody else in their world. And so even if it's me coming to a client to educate them a little bit, it makes me feel good. And it's just that ripple effect, right? When you do good, you feel good, and then you can spread that on. So I think I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's great that you're doing that. But it's not convenient, or it's not easy. And, and I've got some stubborn friends. I'm I'm hard-headed as well, and I'll admit I've been stubborn about things, but it, even friends I've been friends with since high school or college, you know, we're moms now in this different season of life, and they'll say, you know what, I want you to know that when I leave a room, I'm turning the lights off, and I said, hey, that's a start, you know, or I had a friend said, when I go to the hotel, I love to just turn all the lights on and just, you know, waste the electricity, and I looked at her like, why? What's the point of that? And she said, well, it's not my money. I think it's fun. And then, then, you know, I realized when we leave the hotel, she's turned the lights off. She's like, all right, you got to me. And I said, Hey, it's just one small thing. And then now that's a ripple effect that she's going to create in her own life, you know, <laughs> more awareness. We're sharing the information so we don't have to get on our soapbox. That's a, that's a message to me. Cause I know I get ranty about it. And my friends too, like, oh yes. But I also recognize that they come to me with questions about different things. So at least they're listening. They <laughs> might not be ready to, I, I have battles with the straws. And <laughs> I love that. Like, it's really just on the point. Like, how old are we? We can drink without a straw, can't we? Like, <laughs> this is a total sidebar, but my brain is wanting me to go here. So every once in a while, I like I said, I live on an island. Sometimes when I'm on the mainland, I'm doing fast food. So I'm driving through. Um, I And I do love to treat myself to Starbucks. But one of the things I do is I l 
save the Starbucks lid. So then if I decide to drive through someplace and get a, a soda, because not that I get soda that often, but sometimes it's fun because I too believe it's poison. But sometimes even you get water, like a cup of water, and they want to give you a straw. Well, the Starbucks cup would fit on the standard soda lid. So I could just use it like a sippy cup. And it was so great. This was, I'm going to call out brands because it was Starbucks and in and out And something happened the last time I went and I tried to put my Starbucks lid on my in and out cup and it no longer fits. And I am so freaking annoyed because I know they figured it out. And it's like, well, we don't want them to fit just on what we have. We have to change it because then if they want to use a sippy cup, they're going to need to buy a different sippy cup lid because they need to keep selling stuff. And I, I, I got really annoyed with that. The other thing was like when we used to use the single use uh, grocery bags that are they're banned in California. I'm not sure what their status is. We would have them and to use them in a trash can. They were just too small. And I'm like, they did that on purpose. So you can't use this as a garbage bag. You have to buy another trash bag. Anyways, okay, I'm stepping off that. (laughs) No, Debbie, Debbie, I'm glad you addressed that because I was on a Zoom call with another young woman and she really felt, I could tell it was hurting her emotionally because she felt like we can't fight. We can't fight the mass producers. And yes, it is intentional that they change sizes and it is intentional that they want us addicted to their products. It is. But at the same time, we're children of God. We were born with free will and we can choose. And you chose that sippy cup and you were driving through. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> you were trying, right? So one of the things that Raquel and I like to tell people is, you know, need less, do less, want less, less, not more, you know? Kids, they want more, more, more. Why don't we just start that quiet revolution of wanting less? Do we really need? Isn't it possible that we in America can be happy with less when so many people across the globe are? Is it possible? Ask yourself that. You know, that's the rethinking. That's where it starts. That's the seed that Raquel and I want to plant is, you know, stop for a moment and this aligns with your message because you're an intentional person. You said you decided you were going to rebuild your new normal through the filter of intention, right? And there are some there are some people that, you know, are from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., they're just trying to survive. You know, it's the hustle. But in every day of your life, you do have an opportunity to choose something. You do. There's no excuse. There is something. There's one thing you can do every day. Save your gray water. Don't choose single-use plastic. Buy pa- eco-packaging. Don't buy Buy something from a farmer's market. When your city or town does a cleanup, go participate. Pick up litter when you walk your dog. You know, pick up litter when you walk your dog. So it won't go into the gutter. So it won't go into the stream. So it won't filter down to our ocean. Pick up litter when you walk your dog. There's something you can do. I 100% agree. And I want to circle back to what you said at the beginning is it starts with, do you really even need that? Like what we joke a lot about, I can't get out of Target without spending $200, right? Mm-hmm. I went in there for one thing and I came out with the basketball and it's like, I used to laugh at that, but now I'm like, no, like why? 
Stop buying crap you don't need. I guarantee you don't need the stuff that's in the thing. And, and that's when I know this is my battle to learn how to say that with more grace and compassion as opposed to like, no, stop. But I feel like there is an element of we are raised to be good consumers. That's our capitalist upbringing. Like anything's bad, like go acquisition therapy. That was one of my favorite. So I get it, but that's what's creating all this because it's just going to end up in the trash. Like start at the beginning before it's going to end up on the side of the road or in a recycling bin that's not going to actually get recycled. Like, do you really need this thing? Like, do you, I was challenging my daughter because she's out on her own now and adulting and she came home with a new pair of shoes. And I was just questioning, like, how many pairs of shoes do you have? Like, like you're going to have to start thinking about those purchases, number one, from an economic budgeting standpoint, but also like you just gave away six pairs of shoes that five of them were in like excellent condition. So just thinking about that, per those purchases, not just budget wise, but the environmental impact, like the more, more, more model, the capitalist model is we're learning is not sustainable. We just can't keep buying our way into solutions. Well, and I think on top of that, it's not sustainable, but it's also cre creating all of this unnecessary anxiety. People are just, their homes are full of stuff and they're minds are full with stuff that doesn't matter. That's not intentional. And we're getting overwhelmed. And I find myself, I found myself as a young mom, very overwhelmed with all of the things for the kids, right? There's so many toys and, and then you get two and then there's two times the toys and the clothes. And I also, you know, kind of rethought my life in that 2020. We all had a lot of time to be at home and um, I moved into a bigger home and I felt that I needed to fill it with more things. And that actually was causing a lot of stress in my life. And when I decided I wanted to live a more minimalist, simple life, I am just so much more calm in my space, in my life, just where I am of just needing less and challenging myself when I do go to Target. Do you need this? Or do you even want this? Or you just feel like, oh, it's pretty. I'm going to grab it. And then, you know, I go home and I'm like, oh, it's spring. H how many bunnies do I really need in my house? You know, um, or, you know, I, and I do it during the spring. I love to spring clean. I've been doing that right now. And then I feel the need. Oh, I need to buy more decorations. And so I'm trying to stop to rethink. Do I even need these things or can I go to a secondhand shop or we have Facebook garage sales here that are great. You can just get online and look for something that's in your neighborhood that somebody's selling. And so we're really big into thrift shopping. Mom and I love to secondhand shop. So when I think that I need something new to me, I, I try to secondhand for first, I try to fight the feeling that I need it. <laughs> and then if I do, I'm like, okay, well, let's secondhand shop. Let's thrift. Let's, I love to save something from a landfill that I think is really I don't know. I don't put it on my tombstone yet, but I, I feel like with the, <laughs> even the pedals to paper, all of that thing is just, I want to save something that otherwise would end, end up in that mountain of trash, Debbie. A simple life is a happy life. It really is. <laughs> it is. I, and I, I fight the, 
the overwhelm of the stuff at this point in my life. Like I have a lot of stuff, but I also have a hard time letting go. But I'm rationalizing a little bit like, okay, well, I'm not buying anything else. I'm finding it in my box in the attic. Like, oh, this sweater that I haven't seen, like literally haven't seen in how many years? I'm going to wear it today. And it feels like I'm wearing something new. Um, th- oh, that's what I was going to say. We talked a little bit about me wanting to po- possibly move off the island and move to the mainland. And that's one thing I'm really excited about is furnishing my my new apartment from thrift stores and Facebook marketplace. <laughs> I am irrationally excited about that prospect. But but Debbie, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I remember the first time I started thrifting, Raquel was, I don't know, three or four months and we were in a store. I found the cutest, and you know, sailors were small. So a peacoat, a black wool peacoat from a sailor. I wore that thing and I found a black bag and it reminded me of the bag that, you know, I wasn't alive when the Kennedys were in office, but I remember they had pictures of Jackie O and what, how stylish she was. And I found a bag that looked like the bag that she had when she came to Dallas, you know, where her husband was killed. And I bought that bag and I wore it, but I caught flack even back then. Even my own mom was just like, why are you buying used people's stuff? And even my, my son, Raquel's brother, we had this conversation just a couple of weeks ago and he said, I don't want to wear clothes that other people wore. And Raquel and I were like, why not? Oh my God. He's like, I just don't. And I said, well, okay, you don't, but what else can you got to find something you're going to do for the earth? If you're not going to thrift, I get it. Cause you know, not everything is for everybody, right? You will find your own individual way to make that impact, whether it's your purchasing power, whether it's your gray water gorilla, whether you are, you know, an adamant, I'm going to pick up trash or, you are a conversation starter. There are many different ways that you will embody the change. You don't have to copy us. We're just here to kickstart the conversation. And then we're going to end with a call to action. Raquel and I have this message down. It's ingrained in us because we do it. We live it. We walk it. We talk it. We could preach all day. And, you know, sometimes people may say, oh, enough, enough. And I can back down if I have to. But yet I'm going to re- give you a rest and then I'm going to come back and challenge you. Because that's at the end of the day, how we affect change as human beings. We have to embody it. We have to create that new habit and then we have to repeat it, right? Repetition makes mastery, right? So repetition creates mastery. We want every human being that's listening to this podcast today to disrupt your life right now. Here's your call to action, people. Find something that you're going to stick to every day. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Why don't we, uh, since we're towards the end, wrap up with what's one thing we can ask our witness, wit- our witnesses, our <laughs> our witness, <laughs> yes, <laughs> listeners to pay attention to, even if it's just like they're not going to make the change yet, but just to bring the awareness. That first step, like we're in the stopping and paying attention step. What's one thing you would want them to start paying attention to, Raquel? I would say your purchasing power. I think if you. Like you said, Debbie, if you have the option of buying something in glass versus plastic and they're relatively the same price, make that purchasing power, make that choice. If you're at the store and you see that there's, I love, my treat is kombucha. So I try to find kombucha in a glass bottle or mom loves, you know, skincare. So she's looking for skincare in a glass bottle. Things that will have a lasting effect like that is just a small choice. It's, hey, I'm going to buy this or that. 
simple, right? And, and for me, and for me, I would say the one simple thing you can do every day, every day, is you can do less. You can want less. You can need less. Uh, do you need to have your TV on in the background? You're not even listening to it, man. I'll, I'll challenge my husband. I'm like, why is the TV on? You're not even listening to it. I used to challenge the kids. Why do you turn on the water before you even brush your teeth? Why turn on the water while you're putting the tube, you know, you're getting out the tube from the drawer, the water's running, the tube, you got the toothbrush, the water's still running. I would walk by and I would say, and I would just literally turn the water off, Debbie. I would just like, what are you doing? The water's running and there's no need. I would say that, you know, watch your water intake because water's going to be the new gold. I will tell you that would be my one takeaway to anyone listening to this podcast. My husband was happy with me. He goes, man, the water bill's really low. <laughs> Challenge yourself. Do you need to wash your hair every day and then blow dry and blow it out? If you're working from home, no, you don't. You don't. You don't even need to shower, really. You really <laughs> don't. You, you know, brush your teeth. Yes. Flush yes. Come out. If it's brown, flush it down. But here's what I would say. Watch your water. Be mindful of your water because that is something that we cannot replace and we cannot clean it of all the toxins that we are putting. Everything that comes that we put in our mouth comes out of us is creating toxic water. Then they have to put the chemicals in to clean the water from our toxins. You know, that's what I would tell people is watch your water. And I, I the mindfulness of all the toxins that are being created are ending up in our water is a very good thing for people to to pay attention to. Like all the cleaners that you're using, even the skincare stuff that has weird chemicals in it, which is a whole nother topic that we <laughs> your prescription pills, uh -huh. all that back up in the water we yep. had a, a great water lady on the show virginia and she said every single prescription pill that we take ends back up in the water um yeah i've watched a couple fascinating documentaries about learning about different populations by what pharmaceuticals are in the the wastewater like wow that makes a lot of sense okay i'm gonna try and give my one uh thought without sounding like i'm getting too judgy <laughs> But it is an area that I I spent some time since I've been doing the rebuilding. Part of it was an out of a budgetary need of like, I need to be sure that I'm not wasting things like my food. I mean, I'm talking about food, raising young kids. I know a lot of times like I'd buy stuff, they wouldn't eat it. It'd end up in the trash. Well, now that I'm more for my, just buying for myself, I'm very con conscious of using everything that I've I've purchased and making sure it doesn't go to waste. Um, and it's, I think about how much money I'm saving and that's not ending up in a landfill. And the other thing that I haven't quite done yet, mainly because I haven't gone out to a restaurant since I've read this part of the book, the book that I'm reading, she takes her own to-go containers when she goes to the restaurant. So mine are like, my thought is the, if you go to the restaurant, take your to-go container so you can take the food that's left over and eat it. <laughs> And then be mindful of what you're buying for yourself. Is it, are you going to eat it all? Do you have enough time to eat it? Because a lot of times we try and buy so much that there's no way we could possibly eat that before it goes bad, especially avocados, because one day they're good and the next day they're bad. <laughs> so that's my, and then another, the other question I like to end on, because like we talked a few, few times, all these issues can be overwhelming and 
that tends to give us that spirally, I have no power feeling and we start to feel bad about ourselves. So one of the things I encourage my clients, my listeners is to take care of themselves so we can take care of each other. What are ways you two are taking care of yourself? Like, do you have any favorite self-care routines or rituals? I do. I have quite a few. <laughs> She's in her self-care part of life. So, <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, I am because when I was a young mother, like Raquel, you know, you're running to and fro. But even back then, when I was that busy, I always gave myself time for a walk. Now I have time to sit in stillness. I put... I guard the gate of my mind and I put good words into my mind. I put the teachings of our, of the human beings who came before us, who knew a thing or two, right? They knew a thing or two. So I put their words into my mind with stillness, with water. And a lot of times I'll add high frequency music to that because being an earthy girl and writing the podcast and having to keep up with the research, I can hit, I'll hit the dip and where I'm like, you know, they call it the effort wall where why do I even, why am I even bothering? But then I, then I reinvest and rethink and reinvest in my self care. And I just, well, like yesterday I was tired, but I sat in the sun with my feet, you know, on the, on the soil, I was grounding and I was able to replenish myself so that I can continue to be, have a realistic mindset about what we're doing and I can face it not only face it, I can overcome the overwhelm and then I can take action. So yeah, my self-care is every, every morning, first thing. Yeah. You, I'm always looking up to all the great things you're doing. And, and for me, just sitting still, a lot of times we talk how great meditation is. We've done some episodes. We actually started out the the year, this season with self-care and self-love and just free earthy ways that you can love on yourself a little bit more because when you are happy and you feel good, you're able to do good. It's just a cycle, right, Debbie? So I love to get outside and do some grounding, especially here in Texas. Spring is feeling great outside. The sun is shining. So even if my day is crazy, if I've got a busy wedding week with events, I'm taking the kids to school, even 10 minutes of getting outside, just listening to the birds chirp, sitting in the sun, taking my shoes off and just sitting in that silence. That sets my day and makes me so intentional for every aspect of my day. And so starting, even if I can get up 10 or 20 minutes before the kids get up and get, you know, wake up, sit in stillness, stretch, meditate. And then I'm so much of a calmer, peaceful person. And then that ripple effect it just, it goes miles. When, when my kids wake up and they have a happy, calm mom, it sets their tone and they're able to go out and love the world too. So we all, we believe in that ripple effect so much here in Earthy Girl, just loving yourself, loving the planet. It's all good things. Amazing. I love how simple and practical, and it's really the mindful intention with what you're doing. Like you can sit in silence and not get the benefits if you sit in silence with intention. It's a little different. As we're wrapping up quickly, do you want to tell everybody how they can connect with you? I know we've referenced your podcast several times, but yes, uh, Debbie, we are uh, the Earthy Girls. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Raquel does a great job uh, on Instagram. We are at earthygirl.co. We are also Earthy Girls on Facebook. Uh, and pretty soon we are going to launch a course um, to help 
detox your domain. So Raquel's kind of went through an experience where she really needed to, you know, go deep into detoxing her domain because she had a situation with mold. So she's come up with a lot of good, easy, inexpensive ways to detox uh, your domain. And in addition, we will, you know, we're going to build a website and we'll have, you know, some free offers, you know, you know, I'm going to do a PDF on a pollinator garden, because I feel like if you're going to start gardening, you to make sure you've got your pollinators first and foremost, because guess what? You can buy all the plants you want to, but if you don't have any bees or wasps or flies to, you know, buzz around, then you, your crops won't grow. So we're going to do some things like that. We're going to kind of expand and, and, you know, Raquel's a former science teacher. So this is, she loves to teach. Uh, I kind of am, I'm more kind of like the preacher, <laughs> as you can tell, Raquel's <laughs> She's our reporter, our journalist, our reporter, and I love the education aspect of it. So, um, you know, just educating every single day, just one small thing, encouraging, hey, this is what I did for the planet today. Mom, what did you do for the planet today? And then our listeners start thinking, okay, well, what can I do? And so, you know, we love people, they call in and tell us. And now I feel like, Debbie, we have a new earthy friend. I love hearing all the things that you're doing in your life. And you're going to raise an earthy girl, too. And then maybe she'll be a mom one day. And that ripple effect will go even further. So we really are, you know, love to educate, love to inspire. Mom is a realist. She keeps it real. And, you know, I could try to bring a little bit of optimism to the show about, hey, we can do something every single day that's going to make a difference. And um, yeah, we're just here. We want to educate and inspire and and keep it fun and light. So love it. Okay. Well, everybody go check out the earthy girls podcast and what they're up to on their website and go do something for the earth today. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. And y'all stay earthy. Earthy. Well, that was our show for today. Thank you for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some good tips from that. And at the beginning of the show, I challenged you to think of how you might implement something you learned today. What small shift can you make um, this week before Earth Day and, and continue it on, right? I'd love to hear what you came up with. So feel free to email me at podcast at thenewworldnorm.com or hop on one of our socials and um, let us know. And in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Please share it on your social media, like, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review because it really does help get the word out. And we appreciate you listening and we want more people to hear the good news that we have power to create our world normal and make the world a better place. The Earthy Girls are here to inform, encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend. And leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And y'all stay earthy. Stay earthy.